Hello, welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin online worship service, where we gather virtually and in spirit each week on Sundays at 10.45 a.m. during this time where we still cannot gather together in person. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development at the church, and I welcome each of you to our service. I especially want to welcome folks that may be new to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. Please feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments and let us know from where you're viewing the service. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to connect our divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another in the Facebook comments or simply by sensing the heart-string connections that exist between us. It is also a tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our services by lighting a chalice. I invite you now to say the chalice lighting words with me if you are moved to do so. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Today's call to worship is a quote from Cynthia Himmel. Himmel was an American feminist humorist, playwright, television writer, columnist, and author of satirical books with unusual titles such as But Enough About You, Avoiding Fabulousness, and If You Leave Me, Can I Come Too? And when the phone doesn't ring, it'll be me. Her books took on many of the American notions of what constituted a woman and her worth as measured by what her worth is to a man. She also took on a lot of the taboo subjects such as sex and self-confidence among young women bombarded by a society that tells them they're only beautiful if... These are her words. When in doubt, make a fool of yourself. There's a microscopically thin line between being brilliantly creative and acting like the most gigantic idiot on earth. So what the hell? Leap.
One of the things that keeps us bound together as a religious community, even when we have to be apart physically, is to have a common purpose. And for First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. We put it on the wall in our sanctuary and we say it together every Sunday. Please join me in saying our mission now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. If you'd like to know more about what we mean by beloved community, visit the Martin Luther King Center at kingcenter.org. And each week, to help us deepen our understanding of beloved community and the challenges we face in helping to build it, we've been taking a moment to consider how people who have been oppressed may experience our world very differently. As the COVID-19 pandemic has gone on, I have realized that for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer folks who lived through the AIDS epidemic before there were viable treatments, those who supported us through that, and other communities that were later also so devastated by it, all of these folks, we are all likely stunned and maybe a little angry with the universe that we're having to now live through a pandemic caused by yet another virus that is even more contagious and so far not treatable. <laughs> All this in one lifetime. And especially for those of us who worked in medical care or other services for people with AIDS and lost so, so many people, while our governmental agencies largely ignored them and us, what has played out with COVID-19 pandemic has opened old wounds and reactivated prior trauma. So... If you have gay friends or acquaintances or know other folks who were deeply involved in the AIDS epidemic and they seem a little distracted or distraught about now, please give them a little space. Please give them a little support. But also please know that those of us who survived the AIDS epidemic either without getting infected or the folks who survived even after getting infected, we are, well, survivors. And we are, all of us in this COVID-19 situation, together. Our differing perspectives and life experiences can help each other through this. That's at least one of the reasons why we do better when we value difference. Good morning. Have you ever tried to eat a popsicle on a really hot day and you had to get kind of creative about how to eat it or it would all just melt away? These days, it seems like a lot of other things are melting besides popsicles. And I don't just mean me out here in the heat. It seems like our plans are melting away. Our plans for vacations, our plans for school, our plans for our jobs. And we're having to get creative about what to do next. Today, we're going to read a story about a popsicle that melted and what he had to do and who he had to turn to in order to find out what was next for him. Sticks, written and illustrated by Diane Alber. This story begins on a hot summer day when a cold, tasty treat began melting away. It was so very hot and it happened so quick. What was once a popsicle was now a stained stick. 
Deep in a puddle that was getting quite sticky, this sad little stick cried and felt rather icky. I should not have gone out when it was so hot. I was sweet and amazing, but now I am not. What can I do? This has all gone so wrong. I'm just a plain stick. Oh, where do I belong? Then Stick heard a voice from up in the tree. Hello down there. You can come hang with me. I couldn't help hearing what you have been through. My name is Twig, and I'm made of wood, too. Please do not cry and just listen to me. Before being a popsicle, you were part of a tree. There's so much in this world for you to explore. You will get through this and be more than before. Twig, quickly... Twig quickly jumped down from the very tall tree and said, Stick, there is something I'd like you to see. Sometimes things happen and the reasons aren't clear, but give it some time and the answers appear. She knew her friend Pencil could draw something grand. Hopefully, he could help Stick understand. I was once a stick too, and nothing much more. But then one special day, I got a gray core. I didn't know how to draw, so I swirled a nice line. And then I discovered I'd made a design. You are amazing. Can't you see? I'm just a stained stick. My only talent was melting too quick. I cannot draw or do a fun trick. I'll always be just an icky, sticky stick. Twig knew she needed to show stick even more. Something amazing that he could not ignore. So they went to see Brush. He was once lost too, but now he could paint with red, yellow, and blue. Brush was a plain stick and nothing much more, but one special day he got bristles galore. Look at him now. Look at all he can do. He easily made that fun splatter crew. It's true what Twig said. I was once just like you. Please don't be afraid to try something new. I know you are scared. I can tell by your face. But it might take some time to find your right place. We believe in you. Can't you see? I'm just a stained stick. My only talent was melting too quick. I cannot paint or do a fun trick. I'll always be just an icky, sticky stick. Listen to me. You are pretty great. Don't say I can't. Say I can and celebrate. I know you have not been a plain stick before. You have the chance now to be something much more. Twig saw that Stick was still very upset. So she thought they should go back to where they first met. Back at the sweet puddle of sugary goo. Twig thought Stick might find a good clue. Then Twig looked up. It's been there all along. That little stick house could be where you belong. Twig was excited. She ran up the tree and shouted to Stick, Hurry up! Follow me! Stick couldn't believe Twig had climbed up so high. But I've never climbed a tree, and I'm too scared to try. Just then a bluebird flew down to the ground and lifted Stick up without making a sound. The bird placed him gently in the last open space. Finally, Stick found his new happy place. This is where I belong. I can make art in a tree. It was quite a journey, 
but I'm glad to be me. Stick never forgot that one hot summer day and was glad that his popsicle melted away. He made some true friends and beautiful tree art and learned it's never too late to have a fresh start. Today's reading is by Wendell Berry, white American novelist, poet, essayist, environmental activist, and farmer. There are, it seems, two muses, the muse of inspiration, who gives us inarticulate visions and desires, and the muse of realization, who returns again and again to say, it is yet more difficult than you thought. This is the muse of form. It may be then that form serves us best when it works as an obstruction to baffle us and deflect our intended course. It may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work. And when we no longer know which way to go, we have begun our real journey. The mind that is not baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. I invite you now into a time of centering, a time of breathing deeply in and out in and out. And as we breathe deeply, let's fill the heartstrings that keep us connected with one another in this, our beloved religious community. Let's breathe in and breathe out. Let's follow that breath to a deeper place inside a place of greater calmness, a place of greater creativity, a place where that spark of the divine dwells within each of us. We'll have a few minutes of music during which I invite you to continue meditative breathing and, if you wish, to light a candle representing your joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes. If you're not where you can light an actual candle, you can light a virtual candle at gratefulness.org.
1940, Friedel Dicker Brandeis wrote to a friend, I remember thinking in school how I would grow up and would protect my students from unpleasant impressions, from uncertainty, from scary learning. Today, only one thing seems important, to rouse the desire toward creative work, to make it a habit, and to teach how to overcome difficulties that are insignificant in comparison to the goal to which you are striving. Dicker Brandeis was Jewish and a trained artist. She wrote that to her friend while hiding from the Nazis. Two years later, though, the Nazis captured her and put her into a concentration camp. There, she could not protect the children in the camp with her from unpleasantness and uncertainty, but she did rouse the desire toward creative work. She created art. She taught the children in the concentration camp with her about creating art. Friedel Dicker Brandeis did not survive the concentration camp. The Germans put her to death in 1944. However, several of the children did eventually survive the camp and later as adults testified that the creative pursuit she taught them was, was a large part of how they were able to cope with their situation and eventually survive. Her artwork and that of the children in which she roused a desire toward cre creativity still gets displayed in shows at museums today. Now, I want to stress that as difficult as what we're experiencing and witnessing with the COVID-19 virus, as isolating as having to mostly shelter in place can feel, it doesn't equate with what it must, been, must have been like for people who got placed into those camps, the horror of the Holocaust. But I do think that from these and other similar stories from that time, we can take a lesson about how engaging our creativity can help us when we're living through painful and difficult circumstances. Strangely, though, there's this paradox about engaging our creativity during times of pain, anxiety, and stress. On the one hand, when we are emotionally wounded, it can serve to obstruct our creativity. Our attention spans get shorter. We can have trouble with poor short-term memory. It can be hard to concentrate. <laughs> All of the above for me these days. And yet, yet the obstruction can also serve as a motivation for different ways of engaging our creativity. It might even be a source from which new forms of creativity arise. Here's a couple of examples from things that have come up in my own life. I have found that when I write sermons, or for that matter, anything else these days, I have to start earlier in the week and write in much shorter bursts than I did before. I have to take a lot more breaks from the writing. Yet sometimes it is in those breaks that new ideas and concepts emerge. Here's another example. Meditation, particularly walking or hiking meditation, has been one of my strongest and favorite spiritual practices and sources of creative thought. 
These days, though, I'm finding it very difficult to get into a meditative state. My mind races too much. Plus, it's been a little hot outside for going on a meditative hike. Recently, though, I got to thinking about how much I have loved it when I got to go on trips up into mountainous areas. For me, the mountains are where I find nature to be the most beautiful. It's where I find a calmness unlike anywhere else. So, rather than try to meditate directly, I have started sitting very still for a few minutes, closing my eyes and remembering visuals from trips I have made to the mountains or imagining new such trips. It elevates my mood. It's very calming. Now, on an even broader basis, people are finding amazingly creative ways of, for instance, presenting entire theatrical productions over Zoom with each actor in their own home, often fully costumed. People, including our own wonderful music folks here at the church, are doing exactly the same with music. So consider asking yourself, what creative endeavor, endeavors might you want to pursue during this challenging time? Jason Silva, internet and television personality, filmmaker and philosopher, says of creativity, we can take our wounds and turn them into something larger. <laughs> now, interestingly, though, many Eastern philosophies, such as Buddhism, believe our creativity arises most when we're in balance, when we are emotionally calm. I think it's possible that both circumstances might be true. Some of you have probably heard me talk about process theology before, which I think would suggest that both can be true. For Process philosophy or theology, neither you or I or any other thing that exists in our universe, is a static object. We are always changing. We are always a process of becoming. We are always emerging as something new. Even while you've been listening to this service, even during the time those of us who made videos for it, all of us changed in each of those moments. So from this perspective, every new moment offers the potential for creative choices and actions. Now for process philosophy, it is just the randomness of the universe that offers us these creative and life-giving choices. For process theology, it is God or the divine that lures us toward more creative and life-giving choices, and then, for all eternity, holds, contains each moment of our becoming through us making such choices. And I think, even while we can't be together in person as a church, this religious community is still becoming, still finding creative ways to stay connected with one another, Folks are making informal connections with each other and keeping up by phone and other means. We're keeping these online services going, and there are a flood of comments with one another on Facebook as the services proceed. Our senior minister, Meg, is putting together our quilt project and has set us up to be able to make donations that will help, help retire people's debt. You can learn more about those projects in the online weekly newsletter or at www.austinuu.org. 
We're doing lots and lots of virtual meetings and we're exploring even more creative ways we might try to provide opportunities for connection and relationship. One of our wonderful church and board of trustee members, Rob Hirschfeld, has several creative ideas about how we might stay connected and keep becoming as a religious community. He'll be talking with Meg about these ideas after she gets back from her vacation and study leave. There are two ideas that he came up with that people could do on their own now, though. One is to set up group text and emails, which I think some folks are already probably doing, but we'll be sending out the church membership contact list within a few days, so those groups might grow, or new groups could get set up. Another of Rob's ideas is that folks might set up a group cell phone call while they each hike or take a walk at the same time, but in different locations, and just tell each other their stories as they go. I think we are looking for and starting to find creative ways to connect with each other, not just intellectually, but heart to heart. Earlier this week, I was in an online meeting with our bookkeeper with the church's accounting firm. I shared with her that I was writing this sermon about finding creativity and hopefully benefiting from doing so in this challenging time. She, in turn, shared with me that she is pregnant and due in August. Not surprisingly, she's excited but also scared about having a child while the virus is still so rampant. She also shared and gave me permission to share with you all that each night she has started doing what she calls maternity drawings and art about her soon-to-be-born baby along with her hopes and wishes for that child. Now, after that, we had to move on for a bit to talking about the accounting items. But at the end of the meeting, she paused and said, What I want you to know about engaging my creativity is that it took me out of my head and back into my heart. <laughs> wow, I thought. I need to find more ways to get creative and get out of my worried head and back into my heart more often. So, that's how it came to pass that your church bookkeeper became spiritual coach to one of your church ministers. be an offering to support this church and keep it going during these difficult times. 
If you scroll upward on Facebook or visit AustinUU.org, you'll see an online giving link. That'll take you to our secure online contributions page. Under the Select a Fund drop-down box, if you're wanting to make a plate contribution, just select plate contributions. If you're wanting to pay on your 2020 pledge, you can select 2020 pledge. It is also just fine to mail any of your contributions to the church. We are gratefully checking the mail several times each week. Now please join me, if you wish, in saying our words for extinguishing our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.